Hello everyone, it's been a while. And by that, I mean a few months. Oops. I would like to apologize for my absence, but hey, life happens. Here I am, ready to be back to spreading the vegan world. I wanted to take a moment to thank everyone who has reviewed the podcast on Apple and Google. Thank you for the five-star reviews. I really, really appreciate it. And for others, please leave a review if you like the podcast so it can reach even more people. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Four Legs Podcast, and you can also email me at mancybagwadi at gmail.com. This is Four Legs Good, a podcast for pre-vegans, hosted and produced by me, Mansi Bhagwati, a self-proclaimed animal rights activist and preachy vegan. This is a two-part episode, and I will be touching upon the various areas animals continue to be exploited in, entertainment, fashion, science and technology, and military experiments. In ancient Rome, circa 200 BCE, blood sports involving gladiators fighting animals to their death was all the rage. Hundreds of thousands of spectators would gather at the Colosseum to witness the sporting activity where man would fight beast and come out alive. Gladiators battled against wild animals like lions, tigers, and bears. It was the ultimate show of bravado and the dominance of man over nature. These gladiatorial contests were the first documented instance of wild animals being used for entertainment. Later, around 325 CE, Emperor Constantine banned gladiators due to the barbaric nature of these events and because such barbarity had no place in a civilized society. Gladiators may have been no more. But that did not stop animals from being used for entertainment. In fact, taming these wild beasts and forcing them to do tricks continued on. Wild animals taken from their homes in the jungle were broken according to human will and traveling circuses then became all the rage. Circuses continue to this day and age with wild animals as their performers, imprisoned and forced to perform unnatural tricks against their wishes. And it's not just circuses that exploit animals either. Marine parks like SeaWorld exploits orcas, dolphins and seals. Zoos, including petting zoos, exploit animals by keeping them in cages under the excuse of conservation and education. Horse racing, greyhound racing, and sled races are common in America. We cannot argue that bullfighting, cockfighting, and dogfighting are cruel, even if considered to be culturally significant in some parts of the world. This is to say, just like animals used for food, animals used for entertainment is more commonplace than we would like to acknowledge. Let's take a look at SeaWorld. SeaWorld proclaims that the orcas, dolphins, seals, and walruses that live on their premises live long and happy lives. In the wild, orcas live fascinating lives. 
They belong to the dolphin family and are highly intelligent and social mammals. They live in groups of 5 to 30 called pods with a set social hierarchy led by the oldest female. They can be found in the open ocean along the west coast of the United States and Canada. They communicate with each other using echolocation and each pod even develops their own dialects to make communication easier. They can live for up to 50 years in the ocean. 50 years. But only about 15 years in captivity at SeaWorld. Do you agree that nothing beats the open ocean, the rightful home of the orca? The parking lots at SeaWorld are bigger than the tanks the orcas live in. Not to mention, orcas in captivity live alone without socialization from their friends and family members. We cannot deny that orcas live a short, sad life, just so we humans can pay to watch them perform tricks and ogle at them. The same is true for dolphins, seals and walruses who are abducted from their natural habitats and put in small tanks and cages for human amusement. If you visit a lion tamer's website or blog, they will tell you how humane their methods are. But one YouTube search will reveal that this is far from the truth. Most wild animals used for entertainment are born in captivity today. These include orcas, dolphins, big cats like lions, tigers and jaguars, elephants, bears and monkeys. Their ancestors were kidnapped from their homes in their natural surroundings and brought to circuses, zoos, and aquariums. Here, they were kept in small cages, starved, beaten, and broken, and the females were artificially inseminated. Because they could not consent to this procedure, they were tied up or put under and then forcibly impregnated. Thus began the cycle of raising wild animals in captivity. There are many examples of animals in captivity seriously injuring or killing their handlers, and that is simply because they are made to do tricks against their instincts. With technology at our fingertips, isn't it better to watch animals in their natural surroundings? Being their natural playful selves? Can we find other forms of entertainment that do not include exploitation of animals? Cirque du Soleil does a fantastic job of entertaining without animals and guess what? No acrobats were harmed in the process. Next stop, zoos. Where do I even begin? Most people, and I was one of them at one point, believe that zoos are places of science, education, and conservation. But I look at the animals kept inside cages and all I see are prisoners without the possibility of parole. Their only crime is that they are different than us. 
They were born in a body that's not like us and therefore we want to gawk at them and study them and acquire dominion over them. Animals in petting zoos are even worse off like that's possible. If the chained tigers and lions appear docile and sleepy, it's because they are constantly drugged and kept that way so humans can feel special. Obviously, I'm not against conservation or even against educating ourselves on the lives of wild animals. The documentaries Planet Earth and Planet Earth 2, which are shot in the animal's natural habitats, offer a fascinating look at the lives of animals. If it is true conservation, shouldn't it happen in the animal's natural habitat? Shouldn't they be surrounded by their families, their prides, their pods, so they can be their authentic selves, protected from the prying eyes of humans? If we are so worried about hunting and poaching leading to reduced populations, why is big game hunting still legal? We cannot burn the candle at both ends, can we? The groundbreaking documentary Earthlings opens with a heartbreaking scene. A bull comes running into the frame as people hide under parapets and crevices in walls or stand in verandas and goad the bull ahead. The bull is neither charging nor aggressive. He's scared and confused as he tries to get away from the prodding sticks to safety. But little does he know, there is no safety. He will be used for the evening's bullfight and will either die or be seriously injured. I don't need to tell you how violent bullfighting is, as is cockfighting and dogfighting. Although the last two are illegal in the United States, it's no surprise that events still take place underground. The Greyhound Racing Association will tell you that live lures or baits are not used anymore in greyhound racing. Yet, an undercover investigation conducted in 2015 revealed that live lures or baits were still being used in some parts of rural Australia. In order to train greyhounds to race, the bait is dragged around, which they chase. When the bait is alive, a kitten or a rabbit is dragged around so the greyhounds can chase after them for hours at a time. Racing may be entertaining for human eyes, but for the dogs and horses that are part of the race, it's pure torture. Many dogs and horses collapse on the racetrack due to exhaustion, suffering from injuries like broken bones and head injuries. Some of them develop joint pain and die young. When a horse is retired, they end up in a horse sanctuary with idyllic pastures for grazing. Haha, <laughs> that's a joke. They are exported to Canada where they are killed and sold as meat. Some of that meat ends up in your burger. Just saying. As a child, 
I have ridden an elephant and a camel and sat in horse carriages and visited zoos and circuses. As a child, I did not have the autonomy to stand up for myself when I felt unsettled at how thin the elephant was or how long the camel took to rise up or how scared the lion looked on stage or how bored the tigress was, was in her cage. But even as a child, I understood how wrong all this was. I felt compassion. So adults, if you're listening, please don't make your kids go to these places. To use animals for entertainment is completely unnecessary. There are so many other ways to keep ourselves amused. Read a book or watch a video, play video games or exercise. Hey, you can even volunteer your time or pick up a new hobby. Do what you want, but keep animals out of it. When we as consumers stop supporting businesses that exploit animals, it will be a wake-up call for them. And only then will concrete steps be taken and laws will be put in place for animal welfare and liberation. We should advocate that zoos adopt a sanctuary model and stop breeding animals under the name of conservation. When traveling abroad to India or Indonesia or the Philippines, please do not ride elephants and do not go to petting zoos with drugged tigers. Don't take your children to circuses or marine parks. Watch a documentary instead. We don't need to see animals in person to learn about their complex lives. After all, dinosaurs are extinct and yet we know so much about them. Why can't that be true for other animals? Hey, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. Look at resources from the Dodo, Born Free, Defenders of Wildlife. In the book, Gorillas in the Mist, famous gorilla conservationist and activist, Diane Fossey writes, when you realize the value of all life, you dwell less on what is past and concentrate more on the preservation of the future. Let us all do that. Let us promise ourselves and our children that we will not support the exploitation of animals in entertainment. We will find other ways ways that do not lead to violence and death to keep ourselves entertained. And while the entertainment industry is more discreet about the ways in which they exploit animals, the fashion industry is more blatant. The fur industry treats animals badly, and that is an understatement. But everyone is aware of how depraved fur really is. Our speciesism and hypocrisy show through when we criticize the fur industry but go on to wear leather, wool, or silk. It could be because the animals used in the fur industry are cute. Rabbits, minks, foxes, even dogs and cats. Shocker. While the animals used for leather like cows, snakes, alligators, or silkworms are meh. We don't care about them that much. 
Maybe we have difficulty connecting with them. But it doesn't matter. Animals have to lose their lives for our vanity. There are many alternatives available to us now. We don't need to wear furs or wool. Plant-based fibers like cotton, hemp, jute, flax, bamboo, and even soy have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. We can make anything out of plant-based fabrics. Yes, one can claim that synthetic materials are bad for the environment because they are petroleum products. I won't argue about that because that is the truth. But using animals involves a lot of cruelty. Not to mention the processing of animal-based materials is equally as bad for the environment. Tanning leather, bleaching wool or fur causes toxic chemicals to be released into the water. It affects not only marine life, but also humans when it comes back through, to us through bioaccumulation. We now have pineapple leather and banana silk. We have shoes made from recycled plastic and belts made from cork wood. Why would I ever want to wear a dead animal around my neck or use any product that affects the environment negatively? Even small changes can lead to big successes. Veganism is rising around the world and the reason is people are waking up and making the connection. We are not the spectators we thought we were. We are actually a part of the ecosystem. We have looked upon the earth as a means to an end for progress. But we are understanding that it's a delicate balance of a tightrope walker. One misstep and humans will be gone, poof. But earth will survive and bounce back. We need the earth for survival, not the other way around. Veganism is just that, a moral baseline we are extending to all sentient beings, not just humans. There is much work to be done, laws to be changed, lifestyles to be modified. Go vegan with me. The world will be a better place, I promise. Thank you for tuning in. See you on the other side.